0: of indicator cast uh, this is going to be a little bit different this is a new segment which will be sort of a, a catalogue spotlight in which we will focus on a title or box set and just dedicate an entire episode to it so this will be different from the main episodes which we'll have myself, Ryan and Matt but this will be sort of a uh, these episodes will happen uh, quite, quite randomly but um, we'll hope to get at least one or two in between the main episodes uh, leading up to um, the one each month so Uh, Anyway, enough of my rambling. Um, My name is John Matthews, and I'm very pleased to have uh, a guest who I hope becomes a regular uh, here this evening, uh, William Rowley. How are we? Hi John,
1: great to be here, mate. Thank you very much for the kind invite. I'm, I'm just, I'm
0: all excited about being here, involved with this. So thank you. And, and William and I, we've known each other for some time, and uh, we've had many conversations about films in, in general. Um, you know, over, you know, through various conversations over round releases. And um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, William? I know that you are quite a avid collector. So
1: I've I've been probably collecting properly for the last three years. Um, movies have always been a passion for myself since I was a kid. I feel very lucky and respectful of my age because I grew up uh, with the drive-in. I grew up with VHS. I grew up with Beta. I went through, you know, that type of era. So I've, I've been sort of privileged for what I've had and what I've been able to get these days. Um, my passion has predominantly been more the horror movie stuff with it, but I'm mm-hmm. sort of blessed in respect of You've got to have an interest in everything to be involved with it. But
0: uh, I'm, I think I'm very lucky to have what I have absolutely absolutely and um and yeah you've you've lived through all those areas of, of film and um, and i think you know talking in regards to powerhouse um, i know you have quite a decent amount of their titles um wh- what is it about powerhouse that, that interests you i know that and i know that you've got some gems in there because um, i know like saying these are probably some of the films you you caught when you were younger um they're probably quite nostalgic so is that kind of a bit of a draw to powerhouse like some of the things they release
1: Definitely, definitely comes into it indeed. I, the, what probably draws me to pass is perhaps the um the love for what they do and how they mm-hmm. what they make. the um the, the titles they bring out, then they're, they're really eclectic for what they can sort of offer. You know I look at the the case here, I can see like you know you've got um hard hardcore there, you've got Ministry of Fear, you've got Christine sitting there amongst you know Ray Harryhausen it's it's such amazing range that they do offer and what they provide the the products they create really I don't know if I should call it product because it's really almost a love letter for what they are for the amount of work that they put into it Mm -hmm. the limited edition stuff that they bring out with the booklets and that with it it's truly a work of art it's you know well there's a lot of companies out there that are producing media and bringing Mm -hmm. it out to us a lot of companies that have Really dedicated, and you can just see the love through it. Severin, Vinegar Syndrome, companies mm-hmm. like this. But you have the, the flip side of the coin where you've got like the mainstream stuff, and they're just bringing out this gray, nondescript, sort of stripped down basic product. Yeah. Not who I'm very in fact very great indeed but we're we're lucky with the choices that we have and with companies like powerhouse and the work they provide they bring back so much stuff that you might not ever have an opportunity to see and it's an opportunity to learn from what great movies there are in the past Mm -hmm. Um, as you were saying in the last episode with winter kills it's a film i desperately need to track down and have a have a watch now it's Mm -hmm. something that's something I would never have thought it would have interested me, but from your discussion on it, it's something I'm very keen to get my hands on.
0: Yeah, and that, exactly. And looking a lot of their titles have been blind buys for me, some of the um, more obscure ones. So, um, yeah, it's always great discovering a film of those guys because the, the amount, like I said, the amount of love they put into it and just the titles they pick, I mean, they really put this love into it so we can discover them. And, um, and I think, like you mentioned, they are a boutique label, like you know, Severin and Vinegar Syndrome, and they do put a lot of effort into what they what they release. And uh, and you, just wondering, do you remember how you discovered Powerhouse? Was it probably around the groups? Or,
1: through, through the groups. It was definitely through the groups. I'm pretty yeah. certain somebody would have put something up there with it, and I was just like, wow, who are these guys? I'm, I need to get on board with this. I'm not a completist like yourself. I'm more of a shotgun collector in respect of... I'll have random titles all over the place for what I have, but there's definitely, um, well, a, a dedication to what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, no, they they mean a great deal to me anyway. I'm, I'm we're blessed for what they make.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and so I mean, the, we really are. I mean, and and they are presenting them in, in the highest quality possible in terms of video and, and extras and packaging so um so yeah i mean it's just such a diverse catalog like we were, we were talking earlier and it's like it, it's it's just it's so like, like we mentioned hardcore i mean uh, the movie we're about to talk about sits next to hardcore and they couldn't be any more different uh, but they're both great films so <laughs> definitely <laughs> don't want to get them mixed up the there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's this one billy oh get them mixed up no no um so yeah so 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 tonight um what we plan on doing is focusing a like I said, a catalog spotlight where we will focus on just one title or for a bigger episode, one box set. And I think that there's so many titles in the Indicator catalog that some uh, unfortunately get overlooked. And the one we're going to talk about tonight, we, we were discussing a few options. And I think what were some of the ones we were talking about? We were talking about some of the, the real Americana sort of classics like um, Charlie Varick, um what was the one you watched the other night, the new one? Um, well, the New Centurion. Uh, and so, I mean, they're all great. And, like, you know, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's so many ones that we could have picked. But I think what I want to do on, on these episodes to kind of put the spotlight on more, um, like I said, I wouldn't say neglected, but just titles that haven't sold out yet, surprisingly, and don't appear to be getting low on stock. Uh, and so we decided the title to pick tonight would be The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. <laughs>
1: It happens in an amazing castle with a Tickle-Em-To-Death torture chamber and a 500-player piano with 480,000 keys. It's a musical merry-go-round, sparkling with songs and dances, whirling you away to a new world of wonders.
0: Have a smoke. Have a cigar. Uh,
1: Don't mind if I do.
0: (gasps) Something to eat. (laughs) Something
1: to drink. Dr. T is sweet on Mrs. C. So is Mr. Z, the plumber who fixes sinks and knows all the angles. When the plumber Zablodowski has installed the last sink, I want him disintegrated. Atom by atom. See the dangerous descent from the sky-high
0: ladder. See the whammy duel between Dr. T and Mr. Z. See the eighth wonder of the cinema world. A sparkling, daring Wonderama in color by Technicolor. Uh, which is also known as Dr. Seuss's The Five Thousand Fingers of Dr. T. Um, and this this title, this is Spine number 15. Um, it's a relatively early indicator title. And like I said, surprisingly, um, it hasn't sold out at the limited edition. And by the looks of it, it wasn't on the, out, uh, the, the low in stock list as well. So um, I just think it's an amazing film that we should definitely spotlight and have a chat about.
1: Definitely, definitely. It's actually probably one of the first ones I actually purchased. It was either this or the Sinbad box set It was one of the first ones I bought. It's one that I had to buy. Um, Why I say that, it's a film that was pretty obscure for a very, very long time, and it's one that always captured my interest. Mm. I think the first time I actually saw it was like on cable TV on Foxtel back in the day on one of the the channels they had on there with it. Um, And it's just going, what is this? I've sort of heard vaguely. (laughs) On that with it and then sort of seeing it, it was just like it's a musical i don't like musicals but this is dr zeus so i was i was on board um it's a film i think that it should be in a lot of people's collection because it's such a sumptuous film it's got mm. so much text, so much color to it there for what it is it's really it's it's disappointing that it, it flopped yeah it's, so, it's a
0: real real tragedy
1: yeah it's like yeah uh, one of the, the best descriptions i heard about it was like basically it was the terrible middle in respect of um it was too mature for the children and too fantastic for adults i thought that was a great quote and sort of illustrated perhaps why it did fail back then when it was released back in the 50s mm-hmm. so was it ahead of its time or was it uh,
0: who knows but it, it's amazing it is it is i think like we we're mentioning um it's a shame the film flopped, but I don't think there's really any film from 1953 that looks like this. I mean, it's really out there in terms of the visual look of it. And and from what I've heard and researched, this was the only film that Dr. Seuss actually had his hands in in terms of a project. Um, no no pun intended, but he, uh, he was actually very much involved with this. A lot of the other Dr. Seuss adaptations, um, like... Uh, you know some of the animated ones and whatnot um, were obviously based off the source material but this is the film that he was passionate about he wrote it Um, he even wrote some of the musical numbers I mean he was all over this this was his baby essentially this film and it's quite fascinating because he had such a uh, everyone knows Dr. Seuss from you know Cat in the Hat the Grinch uh, that crappy Lorax movie the other year Um, (laughs) but (laughs) but but this is one that not a lot of people tend to know about and and I think Dr. Seuss at this time wasn't the dr seuss that that everyone knows today he was still kind of working his way up in terms of um becoming a, a pop culture icon in terms of his work but um but yeah i think it's it's a real shame that just didn't do well at, at the time audiences um like i said it, it was that that middle where it was just um i think there are some dark elements and uh, i think that probably may have been a bit too much for the kids and for adults it was you know a bit out there in terms of being a bit wonderful so um which is a shame a real shame really is uh,
1: it is definitely a tragedy in respect. It would have been something that what well, they could have built upon it, whereas he could have gone and done more with a bigger and better budget for what it was. The sets yeah. and stuff are staggering for what they are. There's so much involved. A lot of them actually look straight from his book. Yeah. And the way they're shot, it's just it's beautiful.
0: And and you tagged on something we discussed briefly the other night, sort of you know, German expressionism yeah. in terms of.
1: Yeah. You can see definitely the the sets, the shots, the way they're taken, and the angling and oh. the light. The way people are structured around in the sets. you've got the staircase of that going up and it's it's not noir, but it's you can see like the not Dr. Kilgari, but it's got mm. the yeah. balance there the idea of that yeah. um, the,
0: basically in the dream and that with it bringing out the fantastical um So, yeah, so, I mean, the film itself has a very... Simple plot, and that's what makes it so so wonderful. And and you are seeing this from the point of view of a of a of a kid essentially. And this is, I guess, in my mind, what a kid would see. And in, in, in their mind, everything's quite large, and and um, you know, you feel so small in the world when you when you're looking up to everything. And it really captures that perfectly. So, in terms of the plot, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. So we've got a uh, yeah Bartholomew, who very much I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Groening saw this, uh, who would then go on to do the Simpsons. And, um, and we have uh, basically it's set in the real world, and we have Doctor Terwilliker, who was his piano teacher, who is obviously quite strict, and um, and Bart obviously doesn't doesn't really like him at all, and um, and basically he is the villain, but I guess in a child's perception he is like pure evil or well, not pure evil he just he sees this, this character who's probably just a bit of a joke i mean he's he's a he's just a, a piano teacher who's who's a bit strict but uh to a kid it feels like you know your whole world is coming crashing down because you don't want to learn the piano that's how i kind of saw it and, uh, and you've got the mother who um uh who is presumably uh, well it is it has made it clear that she is a single mother um and then we have The fourth character, so there's mainly just four characters in this, we obviously have sort of the repair handyman who comes by the house, Um, Mr. Zabowski, is that how you say it? Uh,
1: Zabowski, that is correct. I was going to say it's quite interesting too with the scope of the film for his dream and that you've only got these four characters Mm. basically in this huge sort of dream environment. Yeah. Uh, it, it's quite sort of staggering. It's like you've got the the end bit with it, but overall there's not that many other characters that come involved with it. You've got obviously the goons and the other people who are there with it, but there's not exactly other true characters with it. And um, as you said, it comes back to basically him being basically like a, a fascist where he's got like this despot leader there who's sort of controlling all the, the kids to learn this piano. You
0: must learn this, the greatest <laughs> songs ever. Um which which he wrote, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, essentially that's the the real world, and then uh, Bartholomew, uh, it, it's made pretty clear he he falls asleep on the piano in the real world, and um, and then you enter the the dream world, uh, and that's pretty much it. That's that's as simple as the plot goes. And then in the dream world, uh, Doctor Tewilliker is obviously the, the the leader of this this evil empire that he runs, and um, and his his outfit it um it's funny because it, it it it's very unusual and it and someone some and, and someone mentioned it looked like uh, what was it the manos the hands of fate, the of fate
1: yes the, the purple thing with black there definitely does look like a manos hands of fate costume <laughs> there's some lovely shots he's got these lovely slippers too up there when he has the the bedroom scene when he's asleep and the the uh, barts in there trying to get the key get out and they got the um what's it
0: called the the, i can never say it the musical instrument that counts the beats and yeah so so this this dream world is is where majority of the film takes place and like you said you made a very good point like it's so spacious and open and surreal but there's only four real main characters in the film and um and basically um all the characters from his real world have entered the dream world as as uh, kind of as themselves or or as villains so uh, this is kind of what a child would see in their mind i guess it's sort of a you know a fantasy that bart is living out and i think it's just absolutely um you know in- ingenious how they did it in terms of the creativity or like i said the sets um and, and just just the, the characters in this world like you know the, the henchmen and and the the guards with the, the beards tied together like the, the roller skates
1: yeah. the two of them there with it and they had the the um young the the um
0: the bit of the chase bit there which was quite uh, funny (laughs) Mm. and and this is that's why i think this film like perfectly captures dr seuss in my opinion i think it's um i mean this i mean this is his vision i mean Dr. seuss was very involved with it but it, it really looks like something that dr seuss would have made not a cgi mike myers cat in the hat but uh this this is truly uh uh, truly, um, uh, Dr. Seuss's vision definitely 100%.
1: Definitely, yes, it's got to be all the way over it. This, with um, the characters, as you've already said, the scenery and the sets for how it's done, definitely the color structure of it, too. Mm. The way like the goons wearing the blue and the yellow, and you have like the leader on having the inverse with the yellow and the blue, the way they've done that, too, for the two colors sort of going together there. Yes, a the striking sort of respect that they make. Um, they've got the chase scene and his dog drifts into the dream as well yes at one stage where he gets caught out hiding
0: in the pot plants yes yes and um and you mentioned the color um i think you were mentioning there was it was it was a technicolor technicolor like they had some conflict with technicolor i think that's a bit of trivia
1: uh, the cinematographer and the, the Technicolors, they're the way they want to do the colours. Quite often, previously, Technicolor had a bit of control over the sort of the colours and that with it because it wasn't exactly a true procedure. There was a number of different, Technicolor over the years, there were a couple of different versions of what it was and what the companies were sort of used. Of course, as Tad AO and a whole lot of other stuff with it. But um, that was supposedly with that sort of film, there was like one of the ones where the cinematographer got to have his way. So that's uh-huh. why the colours are quite good and quite sort of vivid and bright. Mm. Um, start you've got like those those balls almost like from invaders from mars and you've got that the, yes. the, the the dude with the the spotlight on his head and he's chasing around with the uh, barts having his first dream yes the scenes and they chase him with the butterfly net and all the different colors and that with it um, the one thing I could never understand with that scene, those butterfly nets are obviously way too small to capture him into yeah. it. So what does it end up with, like a beating scene or something? Yeah. <laughs> a beating with our lovely coloured butterfly nets for being a bad boy and doing your piano lessons.
0: Good job so here. yeah, but it's a
1: very surreal uh, scene. It's quite amazing. And then later on, when you've got the chase scene, when he goes up and he's running up the building there with it, and you've got uh, Mrs. C, as she's called in like the the dream sequences mm. there, his mother, and um, she's turning on all the, the lights and that to try and find him. So you have like the shot of the city and you've got like like oh. World War II or World War I where you've got all these beams starting to go up into the, 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 into the sky. It's visually striking. To me, when I was looking, I was sort of harking back to um, H.G. Wells' um, things to come the early yes. 1932 and obviously refreshing back to the war and that with it for what it is there so it's quite sh- striking for what that is there with it. and you've got the scene of course where he runs up and then he jumps up with his t-shirt and it's like oh my god don't <laughs> run at home kids um <laughs> but beautifully shot again uh, just the vivid imagination to bring that forward and to have it on the screen it's just breathtaking and to have something like this that we can sit down and watch it's just we really are very very lucky we're living in a a golden age for what's been brought forward to us that we get an opportunity of actually seeing Mm -hmm. there's you know many years ago you couldn't see a movie unless it was playing on the tv or something like that with and obviously with the implement of home entertainment We've got a wealth of stuff. The trouble is, too, we've got to be cautious in respect of, like, our streaming solutions and a lot of sort of people leaning towards it. There mm. is no control over what will be there today or tomorrow. No. I'll get off my, I'll get off my little soapbox now and get <laughs> back onto the 5,000 pigs of Dr. T. I'm sorry. No, no, uh-huh. absolutely.
0: <laughs> and well, it's interesting because, because, like I said, I, I think I, I remember seeing this film uh, bits and pieces of it when I was younger on, on TCM, Fox cell and, uh, and, and the prints were always really washed out. Like the the ones that used to play on TV, and so um, the, this this Blu-ray restoration done by Sony is is beautiful. Like it's it really captures how it should look, uh, how it looks theatrically, and it's really vivid and really amazing looking. Um, yeah, so it's just a a stunning looking film, and um, and so in the stream world we have um, Mrs. C, um, who's uh, kind of under the hypnosis of Doctor Twilica, and, uh, and and and. Obviously, uh, Zabowski, Zabowalski, yeah, Zabowski. Zabowski Yeah, I don't want to put it. <laughs> He's there as as a as a plumber in the dream as well, installing sinks. Once again, very Doctor Seuss, and he's actually keeping track of all the sinks that he's installing. Um, and and he's obviously the one that Bart runs to for help. And uh, and I think that it's one big sort of analogy that Bart, you were know, once obviously his mother to you know. Yeah, find a, a a new new husband, presumably, and um and Doctor uh, Tawilica.
1: The, the fear is also perhaps he's scared that Doctor Tawilica's will become his father. That's the <laughs> thing.
0: That's the thing. And that's that's why this film has so many layers because it's that childhood fear of someone possibly becoming a new dad, and then he obviously doesn't want that at all. So um, he relates more to you know Z- and um and so it's very clear in the dream world that's really what he wants because obviously um he kind of sits down with them it's a very nice scene where he's, he's singing a song with um with bart and uh and and then they they have a, a hypnosis uh match where they they go to <laughs> kind of hypnosis fight each other <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> quite quite funny quite amusing <laughs> but um it probably probably overstays its a bit i think i think but then again well it is what it is. It's interesting, but um yes. But obviously it plays a role in the the
0: the narrative anyway, but yes. It does, it does, yeah. And um and yeah, and, and then you've got this um also this this dungeon world as well. And this is what I want to touch on as well. Like this film has got some some dark elements to it, and and I think maybe this was quite um quite Shocking at the time i guess just for a younger audience particularly when they're going down to the dungeon and the executioner does look quite frightening if i saw that when i was a wee lad i would be pretty scared um and and apparently uh that that uh, there was a, a line that was cut from that that song was actually going lower into the basement and there was a level that they cut out level three and he's talking about gas chambers and stuff like that and it, it was pretty dark so they cut the line but the song can be found online in its true form. Um, but, but I mean, wh- did did you see that sort of uh, darker side to the film? Like, I guess with some it, of the it,
1: yeah. definitely a bit of dark there to it. Most definitely going down there. It's like all these abandoned people locked up because they didn't want to follow, adhere to the rules of society of what <laughs> Doctor T was 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 creating. It's like you want to play a trombone, you want to play a triangle. <laughs> oh, so only not, the not in my city. Yes, Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and only the finest of music, of course. But yeah, no, that the song down there is pretty pretty interesting and pretty bizarre. That's the obviously the big set piece number that they've got down there with all those people on that with it, which is it's quite a staggering shot when you get to look at it and how it sort of flows. Yeah. And all the weird Instruments they've got with it there's so much dr zeus dr zeus here i can't say dr Seuss's um yeah. imagery involved you got the dude with the trumpets on their mouths and things like that where
0: there's a oh there's a whole lot of stuff in there it. it's just wow it is and that whole dance number they do is is incredible i just um yeah and it's, it's really something to see and like i said that this like i said i've seen some yeah there's some, some a lot of dr Seuss movies but i feel like this one feels the most—I don't know—Seussian, if that's even a word, because um, it feels, like yeah, so just yeah, just, yeah. just just the look and, and the characters and the and the visual um, style of it, and even things like the the, the, the pickle jar thing that they've got—that's very Dr. Seuss, the sort of um, the, the the smell pickle, oh, sorry, the pickle juice as well. Yeah, that juice. too. Pickle yeah. juice, yes. Um, so it, it, it's very much Dr. Seuss esque in that regard. Um, but yeah, I think it's just uh, A wonderful magical little film that um more people really need to see so it's 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 funny it's it's heartwarming um yeah it's just just really something that more people need to see
1: it's definitely it's a film that definitely deserves a a bigger audience out there to embrace and have the opportunity of it's it's so well shot it's structured quite good um the narrative is pretty basic for what it is but it's delightful it's just Mm. it's just a delightful movie and it's it's a pity that he never got the opportunity to create more movies his books are good but we've only as you suggest we've only ever had adaptations of his books and they're not yeah. Yeah, it's two different structural things for what they are his books the narratives aren't anywhere near as as long mm. and there's obviously there's only so much more that they can touch upon in but um we should be at least thankful that we've got it and Powerhouse have brought this absolutely beautiful release to us.
0: So, um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of the film itself. Um, now we, we'll talk about the, the actual disc itself. So I'd like to just go over uh, the package of, of the disc and, and obviously what you do get with it. But um, I guess summing up 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, um, I guess how, how would you sum this up? It's just a unusual, striking, beautiful, Magical film that sums it up the title alone. And, uh... <laughs> it definitely thumbs up. Yeah, no.
1: sorry, John. I didn't mean to cut it. <laughs> off. No, 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 no. It's, it's, um, uh, as I said, I'm not a huge musical fan, I've never been one for musicals, but that's an exception there. That and the fan of Paradise, but um, yes. that is definitely <laughs> one I will, I will go back and I watch it again. As I said, I had to, it's one I had to get, had to buy have in my collection i shared it with my my son and he appreciated it so yeah i'm very happy to have it in my collection
0: and i I think it's one that um people a new newer generation will discover and their kids as well i think it's something that should live on this film it should not be forgotten and you know companies like you know powerhouse saving these films from being forgotten or lost um so so i think it's really a, a kid's of today I think would appreciate it a lot more than um, of the time, because uh, it seems like oh, I'm, I don't know, maybe kids did appreciate it, but it's just obviously it didn't connect with that the the adult audience, like you said, that sort of in-between sort of um, market, but, um, but yeah, definitely amazing little film, um, please, please check it out, um, it, it's it's like I said, it has, has got musical numbers so I was apparently this, this film had a lot more musical numbers, I think 11 songs were cut from what I was reading, which is um, quite surprising
1: Yes, yeah. it would have been a much longer, longer film if they'd left them all in there. It'd be interesting to see, but it'd obviously be something that's now lost to us, unfortunately.
0: It's yeah, because yeah, because apparently it was a. When I was reading, it was like 100. Um, it was, it was quite a longer cut. It was um, apparently about 100, like almost two hours or something. The, the original cut of the film, uh, and there are deleted scenes. Um, of, of the film that can be found online, uh, including a number of interesting ones where Dr. Terwillica has like a, a toucan bird and, and there's, there's a whole bunch of um, uh, deleted scenes. Uh, now, apparently the reason that this happened was that the film obviously not, not only did it flop, but when they had the initial sort of test screenings, it, it scored very poorly. And so, um, you know, Columbia went to town and just cut it to pieces. Um, even though it is in this sort of, chopped up form it's still still an amazing film but we'd love to see that original cut which apparently is 139 minutes the original cut it,
1: it's sad in some times that the that the studios fall victim to um basically to basically viewings with certain preview audiences and that with it the amount yeah. of power that they weld and there's so many other films you can look back and just think we've lost because this group here just didn't like it and if the companies are investing money and in, i don't think they should be investing time with that they should be bringing out what the director's vision was for what it is with any film but that's it's it's the, a sadness of business and making money and, and film is art that's is. the thing that really sort of frustrates me it's, it's designed there it is an industry it's there to make money but there's also a vision and a beauty behind what they do and it's just frustrating when their stuff's cut it's like you know i go to an art gallery and you know this image here has been changed because somebody didn't like this but anyway I've no topic, it, sorry. It,
0: no no it is art exactly and this this film i think if you take away if you look at it as a visual piece of art it is it's 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 a visual piece of art like it's an, it's a it's an art installation piece this film like the the giant piano that it's just it, it's it, it is a work of art and the fact that i'm sure all these other additional sets were built <clears throat> And all that footage is cut and, and gone and, and essentially chucked out, which is a tragedy. And apparently, according to some some trivia, they uh, you know, Sony Columbia looked everywhere and they just could not find the footage. Uh, Sony searched and it's it's gone. Like, I mean, and, and the thing is, the sad thing is, like, you know, because the test preview audience you know, has, the, like I said, they do wield the power to have the film cut but not only cut it out but but you know at least least save it but i mean a lot of these studios just sort of excess film is just junk just toss it you know, who needs it so um so i guess that 139 minute version will never be seen which is which is a real shame cuz yeah it's, it's, it's damn tragedy the more of this film i want to see the, the but like i said there is um there is the there is a, lo- a longer soundtrack the cut songs can be heard Uh, they did save the soundtrack apparently so so you can get a there was a limited edition soundtrack that came out with all the the lost songs and also um like i said the executioner song when he's going down uh, he does talk about gas chambers and i guess that was a bit too dark so they cut that line out but it can be heard Pretty, pretty interesting. Um, cool. So, look, I, I guess, um, yeah, that's the film itself. Uh, but I guess I want to talk about the packaging itself. So, yeah, as, as we are talking about the disc itself. Um, so, what indicator have chosen for this is the original theatrical poster, which we love, and it's a beautiful image. The, the poster art, him that is um, it's kind of falling through the sky. <laughs>
1: They certainly knew how to make posters back then, the art for what they do. is just beautiful. It's painted, as you said, and just bold and colourful.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very vibrant, vibrant um, piece of packaging. And the thing I love about this is, like I said, on the back they normally don't give you a description, but here it says, you know, filmed in Wonder Armour. So it's very much a, a product of its time. The, the first musical of, of the future. <laughs> Wizard Vision. <laughs> Wizard Vision indeed. <laughs> then you start putting that on some local <laughs> discs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the first <laughs> DVD of the future. They've <laughs> been doing that for a
1: very long time, unfortunately. <laughs> they have.
0: Um... But, yeah, it's just like you pick it up and, and you can flip the artwork if you want to remove all the logos and just have the artwork itself as a piece. Um, and as you crack it open, this is a dual-format release. So you do get the Blu-ray and the DVD for those people who, for whatever reason, still collectivity DVD only. Um, and, and like you mentioned, the booklet, have got some amazing production shots in this thing as well. And it's just um, – I mean, it's 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 a massive, massive 40-page – no, I wouldn't even say booklet. It, it's a mini-book. I mean, and, and just, just the – the shots and photos they're able to get from this this film, like um, production shots, um, and I, I find the one's quite interesting on set with with Dr. Seuss as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a beautiful beautiful booklet, and um, it's just you know, there's I'm just flipping through it now. It's just like the amount how they're able to get these production photos. It's just amazing, and the high glossy quality they present them in.
1: Yeah, the the booklet here, it's just it's a work of art in itself and it's like you know reason grab this before it will go out print eventually i would hope but it's fantastic and it just indicates sort of how much love the indicator people have for what they do and it's you know it's a work of art in itself
0: it is it is and even just i always love how they um what they tend to do they tend to put the director on on the back of the booklet. So they usually have a photo of the director, and then on the front they they tend to have like a really sort of cool image from the film. And here we have Dr. Towilligica pointing at Bart. Um, it's It's a quite quite a striking image and just kind of sums up the film perfectly.
1: Even in black and white, you, you can feel just feel how great that is and that wonderful piano he's at. there will the the five five thousand fingers will play eventually.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of which, um, uh, you know that's that that amazing piano that they made. That's just just unbelievable, unbelievable piece of um piece of set that they built there. Um, so yeah, so just self a limited edition comes with uh you know, the artwork, the booklet, and you also do get a bunch of extras. So I mean, this thing is packed. You get um, an audio commentary uh, by two film historians. Um, I had to listen to that. You also had to listen to that one too. It was um, pretty informative there's some great stuff
1: in there a little bit dry but it's very good and <laughs> definitely worth the venture into it the, the the knowledge they've got there is amazing especially about the cast and that um please please listen to it it's definitely highly recommended
0: yeah it, it's it's a great commentary and there's a lot of background about um uh, the, the the chap who played bart who um had Quite a sad life because he he died at about fifty four, I think, around about fifty. So, um, and he he was on. I think you were mentioning he was on um, uh, Lassie, I think as well. He, which he he was on. Um, yeah. And and he uh, was he he was. I think he was about eleven, turning twelve in this movie. So he he wasn't as young as he was meant to be. And and I think, like you mentioned, they they found him for Lassie on set. That
1: kind of... That's correct. Yeah, that's what the commentary. I say They sort of found him on there. And it's like they got a comment from his mother the way the, the, the neighbourhood was sort of... i trying to remember the quote that she said about the way the neighbourhood wasn't kind to him anymore. Because uh, he started I can't to grow exactly up. It, it sounded like he had a, a tough childhood there, because he grew up in the Queens. And um, yeah. Yeah, And his future went on, it doesn't sound... It sounds... Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah sad. It is, it is, because um, he, he's, he's just brilliant in this film. I think he's a he's a very he's a great actor, great little actor for his time. Um, See, so yeah, the commentary does cover things like that, so you can get in depth. Uh, there's crazy music. That's actually a, a featurette talking about the the music of the film and um, and and just going through uh you know an interview about the obsession with the music of 5000 fingers of dr t there's a father figure an interview with steve uh roland and that was the son of roy roland you um you had a bit of a look yeah. at that one yeah
1: yeah i did indeed he shows the actual script they had originally the, the bound script he had there is just amazing um it, it's it's quite an interesting little uh doco that on his father there with it for what mm. it is um yeah, and... It's definitely worth the time. The other thing that I, the one thing I really loved and it was obviously that Joe Dante's uh, trailer from uh, Trailers from
0: Hell, which is just anything Joe Dante does is great. So definitely worth the time to watch that. It is, it is. Yeah, anything that he does is amazing. I love Trailers from Hell, so it was great that uh, joe dante did it because he must be a big fan must be a big fan of this film um yeah and there's a whole bunch of old extras that go through it but yeah it's just a uh, an amazing package for this film and it, it deserves it i'm glad that it did get this deluxe treatment because you know i don't the sad thing is i i don't know anyone else who would sort of touch give this film that sort of treatment or love because uh, five thousand it's a bit of a risky title to release so
1: That's about it. It's it's an unsung classic that really needs to be shone the light on sort of it's they've only done 3000 copies. So it's not sold out, as you said earlier, it's something that more people should embrace and get the opportunity of
0: seeing because it's wonderful. It's truly just a great little film. It is. It is. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Amazing little film. So, uh, no, pick it up, please people pick it up. Um, if, if you see it, just grab it. Um, cause you really want to see this one, uh, get into more collectors hands. Cause I think that you will enjoy it. And uh, if you have the fear that it's going to be like a, a kid's film, don't be put off because I, I think like we said, both kids and adults can appreciate this film. And I think because of the bizarre nature of it, I think that adults actually would appreciate it more than kids. Um, so so yeah, please everyone just just pick it up and, and get it in your collection because it's it's an incredible release.
1: I also think now where we are versus like the 1953 ones, we'll have a greater appreciation for what it is and what it offers us. There's the a vision the, 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 it's just really put together so well. Um, Please, please do
0: buy it. It's excellent. It is. It's an amazing release. Um, and I think what I was saying it sits next to, um, uh, what's next to? Hardcore and uh, what else is there? The new Cent- Centurions. There we are. So it kind of sits, 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 in the middle there, showing how diverse the catalog is. That's
1: really, an interesting trilogy there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: Watching back to back. I'm shining light until something a bit more darker. <laughs> So you, yeah exactly a bit of a dark mood and you watch this it cheers you up and you get back to the dark stuff so um no it's it's it, it, it's great it's a great film great release um excellent well um yeah is there anything else william you'd like to chat about this this film or i think we've kind of
1: um i just wish to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it and thank you for allowing me to come onto this wonderful podcast of yours um i I'm lost for words, I'm afraid. It's not very often that I am, but I'm truly lost for words at the moment. <laughs> um, no. If you haven't seen it, please see it. It's such a great movie. It's it's Don't be put off because it's a musical. There's It's got so much, so much, so much more to offer. It's beautiful. It's a film I will go back and watch again and again. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about it. it as I said earlier, it's beautifully shot. It's really well written. Music, yeah, it's a musical, but yeah, you know, it's uh it's 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 there's it a five thousand thumbs up from me for that, so yes,
0: yes, yeah, no, I agree there, five thousand thumbs up, for me too, um, and and look, thank you, it was it was one of your suggestions, William, because I was, uh, we were trying to think of the first episode that we could spotlight, and um, and we, I was looking at the catalogue, and I realised that you know five thousand Doctor t's it, like I said, it was an early indicator, it came out around the time the company started. I think it was only you know 15 titles in. And uh, I, I saw it when it came out the initial disc release. And then I kind of forgot about it, and it sat back on the shelf. So thank you for uh, helping me blow the dust off it and, and give it a, 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 another watch and a real appreciation for it with all the extras and whatnot. So cool. Well, um, look, excellent. Uh, Appreciate your time, William. Um, We hope to do this more regularly. Um, And we do have another episode coming up very shortly. um, And it will have a, basically, we'll be joined by Ryan Kendall, the regular of the monthly podcast. And we will be covering a box set. And it's actually another box set that, would you say, William, is a bit uh, under the radar with some
1: It's Definitely under the radar. It's something that really does need to, if you haven't seen this box set, oh, wow.
0: Oh wow! Yes, <laughs> you'll find out. So we will discuss that one on the next episode, and uh, and that should be up sometime next week as well. All three of us will have a chat. But um, uh, no, thank you, thank you, William. Um, hope you have a good evening, everyone. And um, I'm John Matthews, and
1: I'm William Rowley. Thank you for putting up with me, and thank you, John, for having me on. And- thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Excellent.